Everybody, welcome into another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Stand-Up here on this gorgeous Friday, June 9th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas. This is our weekly recap, so we appreciate you sticking through us all throughout the week. We've, it was a wild week, so many stories. The team's got some great ones picked out. Um, as always, check us out, energynewsbeat.com. All of the stories are available there. Questions at energynewsbeat.com. Otherwise, I'm going to turn it over to the weekly recap. We'll see you, folks. Hey, let's start with OPEC. I mean, that was the buzz around town. <laughs> OPEC's definitely the uh, bride at the ball, or I'm not sure how you yeah, say it. I mean, everybody knew this. I mean, they conveniently do it on a Sunday where they can announce right before markets open. They can come in and, right. and some. And what I'm interested in is, is, is cover from a high level what happened. And then there's a few things I want to get into. So walk me through. Okay. What did they do on a high level? High level, they agreed to cut. Uh, let me go through that a, a little bit here. They are cutting a million barrels, 1.4 million barrels, an overall reduction in 2024. But that's going to start in 1 million barrels per day by Riyadh, could be extended beyond July. This is a Saudi lollipop, is what he said. Um, Which is pretty crazy to think about. That was his exact. Okay. Cause that was what I wanted to tune in. on. so basically okay. South, you know, OPEC decides to keep cuts in line with right. what they had. Saudi Arabia comes in over the top and cuts a million barrels a day. And the energy minister calls that the quote Saudi lollipop. If you don't think they're mad at the way the oil markets have shaked out, this is just the cherry on top because he said it best. I mean, they really, are attempting to raise oil prices just to screw with us. It's really absolutely that, that. And uh, do you remember when they tried to put the Texas shale and the shale out of business? They, I mean, and anyway, um, contrast uh, United Arab Emirates was allowed to raise uh, the output OPEC pump. There's a couple other stats, Mike, let's cover uh, OPEC pumps 40% of the world's crude Russia is in OPEC plus OPEC plus allowed some of the African uh, nations to go ahead and allow for them. They were the big holdout, Michael. There was a three hour meeting before uh, the uh, OPEC meeting because the African nations wanted to be able to increase production and they did give it to them. So I mean, here's the quote coming out of Saudi energy minister Abiz bin Salam. Quote, they call it a Saudi lollipop. We want to ice the cake. <laughs> we will do whatever it's necessary to bring stability to this market. Dun, dun, dun. He's referring um, to Biden on that. Oh, you, th you think so? Oh, I know so. You uh, know, fist bump and infamy still chapped him up. Even, and, and this is what is is so interesting because they're also open about the fact that demand is going to outstrip supply in quarter three, quarter four of 2023, yet they're still cutting. Exactly. And it's because why shouldn't they? Uh, I, I actually applaud them for that. Yeah. You know, so on total to OPEC money. plus. Yeah, exactly. So on total now OPEC plus we've dropped about 4.6 million barrels per day. 
Um, yep. Some countries can't produce their quotas, so the actual reduction is still somewhere around 3.5 million barrels per day, or about 3% of global supply they're cut, which is pretty crazy. You know, I think the fallout's fairly simple. Gas price is going to go up a little bit. So sorry to, you know, fill up while you still can. Oh, yeah. Say? Uh, it, it is. Uh, there is a lot of geopolitical stuff that this impacts uh, hugely. And Russia is, there's two things. Yeah. Russia, so what's your, so give me your top cop tuple fallouts from this. The, the big fallout on this is Russia, Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia have been signing deals outside of OPEC and OPEC plus. Uh, and, and so even though Russia wanted to increase uh, production, it doesn't matter what their quota is for OPEC plus because they're producing everything mm-hmm. they can. So it's a it's a like, Michael, it is a over look over here at my quota. And then if I do anything else, it's going to go over here and go to India. They're going to buy everything in it. That they yeah, want. it is interesting that a lot of that's flown over. Does is there any impact uh, to the war in Ukraine? Does this do anything in there? The war on Ukraine is, is really Russia the, any at any point somehow. No, I, the war in Ukraine was designed for one reason and one reason only. It's a crime scene cleanup for uh, graft, and then the other thing is it's designed to take money out of the United States so that the United States can go broke. Honestly, that is why the Ukraine war is here, because we had 37 labs, bioweapons labs that okay. last week. No, I'm, I'm serious. Last week, it said that the bioweapons lab, Putin got one of them. I'm serious, dude. I'm not making this conspiracy. Let's call Fauci on it. Biden's controversial Bitcoin mining tax is dead, or is it set to rise from the ashes like a phoenix? Let's come down here, Michael. This goes right into the server conversation. You kind of wonder, you know, what brilliant mind put these stories together, because as we get AI, we're going to have more servers. And I love me some Bitcoin mining. The Bitcoin miners are fantastic when they're using trapped or flared gas. I mean, we got some fantastic people out in the Texas uh, environment and other areas finding low cost energy. Go get them. It's another revenue source for those oil companies in order to bring it in. I couldn't be happier that they're using waste energy for this. Uh, The digital assets mining, damn. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say it like Will Smith in uh, Men in Black. You need some new drapes. Uh, Damn. Uh, (laughs) An excise tax proposal sought to change crypto miners, a tax equal to 10% the cost of the electricity they use for mining in 2024 before scaling up to 30% in 2026. It's insane. Biden administration is going after taxes. Why can't they cut spending and lower taxes. I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy that they're going to start taxing the cost of electricity because right. you, I mean, they, they want it. This is why you don't want smart grid management. This is why you don't want AI running the grid because they're going to shut this down. Exactly. Uh, they, they're going to force you to pay your, your, 
10% tax. They're literally the mob. I, when I was visiting with Putin in a, in a joking way. Of course. <laughs> hey, yeah. What's hey. Putin's thoughts on? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Putin's got more of a free uh, attitude about uh, commerce than we do. You know, holy smokes. Now I, I I'm mostly kidding, but it is, I mean, it, it it's just insane. Uncle Sam's got to take their cut and they'll find any place to do it. It would be interesting to see how much money you could raise from this, though. Well, here's the thing. We are seeing, Michael, in my day-to-day calls with clients, with other energy experts from around the world, taxes, taxes, and oh, by the way, taxes. We are about ready to, people are looking for ways to get out of the stock market and they're looking for ways to bury their money, not bury their money, excuse me, but look for tax deductions. New Jersey clean energy bill on hold. Clean energy bill on hold by Politico's Rye Rivard, uh, a bill to create a nation-leading clean energy plan for New Jersey won't be taken up by state lawmakers until after the election. I couldn't find which election. Is it 2024? Mm -hmm. Like you said, uh, New Jersey S2978 would put the state on the path to get 100% of its electricity from zero carbon sources by 2035. The most aggressive clean energy goal out of any large state. Michael, a couple tidbits in this one. And I want to give Cory Booker a shout out for uh, IR Guy of the Week. And here's why. They said, they do say, that LNG is critical to help take over this. They admit, hey, we got to have natural gas. And in the east, back east, northeast, there's no pipelines from the Marcellus, so they have to buy LNG. Michael, where do they buy LNG? Russia. Okay, here is here's the other part of this. Um, and it is, let me get in here to a quote. Booker urges LNG train safety. Senator Cory Booker is urging Federal Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to prioritize public safety as the Biden administration weighs a potential ban of on trains carrying liquefied natural gas. A Trump era rule allows trains to carry LNG, but so far there are not shipments happening in this rule. Michael, let me uh, get to this article. Guess what a train is in LNG? A train? It doesn't go choo choo. It's actually, <laughs> it actually is the. Uh, separation and liquefaction of natural gas has nothing to do with transport. The train is actually called the process. So Senator Cory Booker is over here going, we need uh, Mayor Buttigieg to go ahead and get his choo-choos in line because he doesn't want LNG spilling all over the place. They don't get transported that way. No. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oopsies. You know, and that brings up another point, and that is the Biden administration's energy group does not understand energy. How can they manage uh, and not understand energy? Yeah, I mean, it just I I find it funny that they they really went after their own kind and say, really, the obstacles why this bill didn't move forward was due to traditional democratic allies, labor unions, and surprisingly enough, environmentalists. Think about this. Organized labor in the state was convinced that this bill is now going to lead them to purchase 
cheaper out of state power, which will put them out of work, which is probably true. Right. But uh, the unions are still the only ones that are holding up. And I like unions. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Unions have their place, but the unions are holding up the Jones Act. Which is really that one. You know, you're all about the Jones Act. You got to slip that one in there. Why should you doubt the U.S. Department of Energy's sudden projection of falling natural gas demand? Oh, I believe you teased this one up just a minute ago on that other discussion, right? Mm, Did you read ahead? Just kidding. The world's too green. This this article is pretty good because I don't trust the EIA. Uh, You know, they were. They had the rumors that they were misdoing numbers to help the election. This is some uh, very big uh, points right here. The two world's greenest governments, Germany and California, are using more gas than people realize, despite literally decades of trying to get off of this. Bloomberg reports how Germany is deepening its push to expand its capacity to import LNG. Reuters reports how the worst of its heat wave last September, natural gas generated over 60% of California's electricity. Wildfires blocked the sunlight. Here's a piece of tidbit. Why were there so many fires? Because the Sierra Club would not let them do um, forest management. Oh, Mm, it's the Sierra Club. What's interesting, though, is you've got to scroll down a little bit farther in the article here, Stu, and you see the chart that basically shows the projections of natural gas demand. This is what they had in 2020. This is the meat of it right here. In 2022 and 2023. And what you see is all of them from 2020 in the 2020, the 2020, you know, Andy, if you could fly up for people who are listening. Um, right. Go ahead and take this 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 graphic here and fly it up. But for those of you who are listening, you've got the 2020 projection, the 2021 projection, and the 2022 projection all positively sloped. Right, starting in 2022 out towards 2027. Well, now their new update has demand dropping from 2022 to 2026. Huh? I'm going to pull a Scooby on this one. There is no way. Especially with coal being shut down, gas is going to be going up. What do they know? Is it COVID round two? Now there's a conspiracy theory. I was going to say, where's the conspiracy around? Does the EIA know something we don't know? Well, they don't know energy. We know that. We know that they don't know energy. (laughs) So it's hard pressed to know anything. Um, It's just natural gas demand is going to go down. The article, let me read this one part, Michael. You nailed it. And that's where I was going with this thing. Because you see that one green line just about ready to fall off the cliff like a lemming. Uh, When you dig into the numbers on the AEO 23, it all comes down to one thing. A Herculean expectation that solar, not just in capacity, literally explodes in actual generation. Not going to happen. Per year, the U.S. Department of Energy has said solar generation booming over 9% and wind rising over 3.5. And now natural gas is declining by 1.6. Somebody sat down in a boardroom with a crayon, broke the crayon, and then tried to draw something else again on this. We need to send them a new box of crayons. They let the intern have the access to the model. And then he... they forgot to double check their cut the budget so low. They had the intern push the model out and they didn't do any quality checks. And now all of a sudden they're like, huh? Natural gas demand down. Whoops. 
Oh no, uh, there it's natural gas demands actually up. They just are having their computers fail. Let's talk a little bit of live golf and PGA tour. And I'll take a step back for those of you who aren't, you know, most people probably here are golfers. I'm not a golfer myself. I'm more of a sports fan. So I take a more of a sports angle, but I saw this news got broken on when I was watching on CNBC. It's kind of funny. David Faber on CNBC, CNBC got this scoop, the live golf PGA tour merger. CNBC got this, not ESPN, which is funny, but to back it up, live golf or the PGA tour is kind of the established, you know, most exclusive and and highest graded professional tour for men's golfers. You know, two years ago or a year and a half ago, Saudi Arabia started a lease. The Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, the PFI or the PIF is what it's called, decided to start their own league and pay an enormous sum of money for some of the top players. We're talking two, three, four hundred million dollar contracts for players. And remind you, the PGA Tour, there are no contracts. You win purses based upon your standings in each event. So going, so completely changing the way players were paid and caused a huge rift in the golf community. Some people loved live, some people hated live. Well, now the two are merging in, in complete Michael Scott paper company fashion. Live golf is now going to merge with the PGA tour. The public investment son of Saudi Arabia is going to become basically the premier corporate sponsor and dump billions of dollars into the PGA. And it shocked both the business and the sports world. And it was a really interesting moment where two things collide. And of course, what we do at Energy Newsbeat is we figure out how to combine. We have to figure out how that comes in with energy. So I'm going to read you the publisher's note that Stu wrote, and then we'll kind of dive into the fallout. While watching all of the fallout from this wild merger with Liv and the PGA, it occurred to me that we have to wonder how this came about. In stark contrast to the United States energy policies, Saudi Arabia has implemented a Saudi first energy policy for years. While I do not agree with everything going on with the Saudi leaders, I've always applauded their energy policies. They are spending billions on the energy transition and social programs for the Saudi citizens. So don't blame the PGA leadership. Look to the United States for to have the icing on the merger with our weaponizing the dollar, printing money, and destroying the United States energy independence. Sue says all that while brokering the deal between Saudi Arabia and the United States. He's 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 with MBS reaching his hand out. I again I say all that as a joking matter to say, you know, we how this impacts energy, I think, is is a step back and it's more of a geopolitical. Saudi Arabia is attempting to ingratiate itself with the West, is trying to do that. They're paying. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing with some of the top uh, soccer players. Cristiano Ronaldo now plays in Saudi Arabia. There are other players that are, they attempted to get Lionel Messi. He's now looks like as of today, going to uh, again, be getting a little bit of an ownership stake in Inter Miami. So he's coming to the MLS, which is interesting. But in doing all of these moves, they're attempting to ingratiate themselves and continue to gain influence over the Western world. I mean, they all, I mean, think about from a step back, this is very little in my opinion to do with golf from a Saudi perspective and a way for them to continue to ingratiate themselves in Western society. You know, they've I mean, going back to the unfortunate murder of Jamal Khashoggi there, they've had a, a dark cloud over them. And I mean, and remember the original live golf outcry from PGA tour was the nine 11 crowd. Oh, they weren't happy yesterday. And rightfully so. I mean, Saudi Arabia was most likely responsible for 9-11. How do you manage those two things together in terms of, you know, okay, those things are now going to be at forefront of people's minds. 
And how do we continue again to ingratiate ourselves because they feel like we were responsible for 9-11 and we were definitely responsible for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. How do we continue to wind some of that stuff back? And and this is you know one step. And I think Stu brought it up first. They Saudi has been a country of energy of Saudi first when it comes to everything, specifically energy, specifically oil and gas. And this type of investment is an attempt to diversify, is not so much, in my opinion, an attempt to diversify away from oil and gas. I heard that a lot, that conversation going on a lot. But in my opinion, it's a ingratiating themselves with Western society so that they can continue to do what they want and their bread and butter and, 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 and continue to have oil prices stay. I mean, if all this renewables happens, oil prices will rise. Saudi's going to make a ton of money. Trust me, they're going to make a ton of money. I thought it was funny, you know, but the last thing on this live golf thing, Trump called it. So two years or, you know, last year, July 7, 18th, 2022 on the almost dead social platform, truth social at real Donald Trump quote, all of those golfers that remain quote loyal to the very disloyal PGA in all of its different forms will pay a big price when it comes to the inevitable merger with or the inevitable merger with Live comes and you will get nothing but a big quote thank you from the PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year if you don't take the money now you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were good luck to all and congratulations to the talented Cam Smith on his incredible win I think that was the U.S. Open when Cam Smith won it then immediately jumped to Live Trump called it last year the the PGA Live merger. You heard it on Truth Social first. So about four people heard it. Stu heard it for sure. Um, in between running Putin's campaign and 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 basically getting all this set up, he 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 snuck that news to Trump last year. 